master is dead. But something in the castle yet draws breath. Frank has but one task. Harvesting brains to feed the ghoulish appetite of Zed. way for hundreds of years. And then the villagers showed up. Joining me via Zoom today on Moving Radio is Jesse Blanchard, director of the film Frank and Zed. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, this this one's a mind blower. It was it's fantastic. If you have any love in your heart, uh, for things that are fun, for uh, Lord of the Rings, for Army of Darkness, for puppets. This is a must-see. It'll be streaming as part of the Calgary Underground Film Festival, and that takes place April 23rd to May 2nd. And if you're a resident of Alberta, you can stream it and so many other films during that time frame at the Cuff website at calgaryundergroundfilm.org. Jesse Blanchard, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, Absolute pleasure. Look, it, uh, I could have seen stills of this film and I would have been stoked for it. But, you know, I watched the trailer and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So I already did something terrible. I put the bar really high for myself. And then when I actually got to see the film, I was like, bar achieved. So <laughs> kudos to you and everyone at Puppet Corps. But before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts of the film itself, let's let the audience know about the plot of this ambitious film that is populated solely by puppets. Yeah, so this is a story about these two creatures. There's a Frankenstein's monster and a zombie. They've been kind of scratching their existence for centuries, kind of hidden in the crumbling ruins of this castle. And they each depend on each other to survive. The Frankenstein monster gets hooked up by the zombie to charge every night. And for the zombie, the Frankenstein monster goes out and, and harvests some brains to keep his companion fed. Of course, one day they're discovered and uh, everything goes downhill from there. It's such a strange relationship. And I remember reading through one of the interviews that you've given earlier and you just had this, uh, this idea in your head about Frankenstein and a zombie. But the incredible detail that you put into these characters uh, really makes it all come to life and we're going to get into that in a little bit more detail too but let's go back into like the first thing that you established with the audience before the film even starts is that you put up this title card that says uh this film was six years in the making which i'm sure is a huge narrative for you every time you're doing any kind of press with this when you when your cohorts at puppet corps were going through this did you feel like the scope of this project was uh, something you were you were willing to invest six years into it or were there serious moments of doubt in this journey at every second you're just trying to get to film to what is where it should be and every aspect of of what it should be it's always joy and doubt kind of these cycles to every step I mean even the, in the very very beginning when when we were working to make Frank how do you paint silicone we'd put you know, six months into the sculpt, 
doing the casting, all that stuff. It's really tricky. Well, silicone is made so nothing sticks to it. Beautiful sculpture. It was cast, all that stuff. And then we couldn't get the paint to stick to it. So then you're like, oh, we can't let this be the end of the story. So you got to just kind of push through. And then when you do get it to stick, it was this huge reward. It's not even like the right color. It's not anything. So that's just one of the kind of thousands and thousands of dramatic defeats and victories that we encountered along the way that are just kind of part of any kind of crazy, ambitious, foolish journey, you know, which this film is, was certainly was. We're speaking via Zoom today with Jesse Blanchard, director of the film Frank and Zed, uh, a puppetry masterpiece, and it'll be streaming as part of the Calgary Underground Film Festival. That takes place April 23rd to May 2nd. And any Alberta resident can check it out on the Cuff website at calgaryundergroundfilm.org. You know, the heart of this film, of course, is that relationship that you just talked about between Frank and Zed, a, a Frankenstein-like creature and a zombie. It seemed almost like maybe that journey between those two characters could have been enough for you, just them experiencing the world in that, in that relationship. But on top of it, you've got this, this whole idea of like the villagers and how they connect to them and this like deep in-depth backstory of it. What kind of made you want to see even more beyond Frank and Zed in that world outside of them and how they're interacting with it and throw kind of all those different plot points in there. Cause uh, that's the part where I'm, I'm just like, they must've been insane or at least thought they were. Cause it's such an incredibly uh, grand scope in the story itself. Well, thank you. It's, it's really just honestly, like I, I, I want to keep going. And in fact, one of the things I've written that I'm excited about is uh, these prequels. So you actually find out how Frank came to be. So that's part of the joy is just exploring the world. And really the hardest thing to do, and I think many would say that I'm not successful, especially people who have seen the Orgy of Blood, is holding back. It's not, you know, that's honestly the challenge and, and trying to align between what is really rich and rewarding and what's confusing. And that was also like another challenge because for instance, with the visuals of the world, I like to make it really rich and really rich. And what I found out is blow the film down in some places because people get kind of caught up in the visuals. So it's all fun. I mean, that's, that's why you make films like this. So you can just get lost in that world. And I don't know. So I guess maybe the answer is like, that's the drug, right? That's one of the main rewards is getting to just be in this crazy place of own making. One of the things that I really appreciated is not only the detail and the design, you just talked about those, uh, the silicone puppets of uh, Frank and Zed themselves, but it seemed like there clearly was thought put into the design of the villagers, uh, of Frank and Zed, and the other characters outside of that even. Um, I mean, I'm really into that kind of uh, look of that kind of tactile nature of it. And I don't want it to be perfect. There's moments where you look at the villagers and, and it's clear that it's like, this is done by a human being. We're not trying to fool you into thinking that this is some other world, even though you do slip into that already. So talk to us a little bit about how yourself and the other people at Puppet Corps approached the different looks and maybe what you wanted that to convey to the audience in these different designs of all these different creatures. There was a lot of things that it couldn't be more than what it had to be. So for instance, 
I didn't want to have any touch points in, in, in the modern world. So there's no two by fours, for instance, and there's no like four foot by eight foot, which is a really common denomination. And then also with the puppets, almost all of the felt puppets you see have a very specific kind of clean, symmetrical, kind of geometrical look. And I really wanted to get away from that. I was like, no, puppets can look like anything. So what we did is we said we want to move really fast and we want to give them as much texture and, and color and kind of character as possible. And also at every turn, one of the goals was to do things that made us uncomfortable, to try and push the style and the saturation and everything that you're seeing to a place that we felt we had gone too far. Because my theory was you couldn't go too far, that you could just blow past where you were comfortable and that the audience would just accept it. So for instance, a good example of that is we really played with scale and we have some puppets that are a third of the size of other puppets. And that was all on purpose because I said, let's make it really rich, as rich as we can for the audience. And just the size is one of the ways that we could do that. I always said it's, it's punk rock. We're trying to do rock and roll. So the puppets, they need to be rock and roll pups. What does a rock and roll puppet look like? And that's, that's what we try. You know, it's rough. It's got a lot of character and it's going to be put through the paces. <laughs> that's, that's what we aimed for. We're speaking via Zoom today with Jesse Blanchard, director of the film Frank and Zed. You can catch it because it'll be part of the Calgary Underground Film Festival online. So stream it at their website, calgaryundergroundfilm.org. There's that film plus so many others that you can check out April 23rd to May 2nd. So you talk a little bit about this idea of it being kind of DIY, that the film is kind of, you know, has this uh, this punk rock mentality behind the aesthetic of it. And in reading a lot of the stuff as well, it seemed like you were so committed to only using practical effects that CGI would have been a dirty word around the puppet core home base. And as far as I know, you only did that for like one little thing um, at the beginning of the film, it seemed like. So why rely so heavily on practical effects? Because it seems to go against the grain of everything that's being done today. But I guess maybe that's the answer itself. There's many reasons. Like one, I knew we couldn't compete with a big studio in terms of CGI and really specifically like there's this big storm and I had one guy who was doing some of the visual effects and he spent all day trying to make this really you know he spent not all day he spent several days trying to make a CG storm and I was like man it's just it's never going to look good even if I could have the best CG storm from Hollywood I wouldn't be happy with it so I said we have to do practical that's just kind of what you have to do and and on top of that if we had a totally different approach, we could bring the audience something new. I think they're more interesting. They kind of fit with the film because the film with, with puppets, you, you, it's this word where you're controlling absolutely everything and you also have so little control. That's one of the big differences between traditional animation, stop, stop motion and puppetry is it's live and everything is kind of interacting and the, and the puppeteer is doing something and the camera person's doing something and you can get smoke and all this kind of real stuff. In. So in trying to make the world as real as possible, practical effects, you know, gave me the ability to just kind of sell everything and, and to do something that would also kind of surprise myself and be unexpected. And that's one of the joys of working in a medium that's so challenging that the process itself influences you and it influences 
you know, the film. And so trying to embrace all that, okay, we can't fight it. Let's just go, let's go with it as far as we can um, became one of the real joys. And then of course, when you get to stuff like the blood and the gore, it's like, that has to be practical because it's just like more fun. And there's so much layers to it. The, the way it interacts with light and, you know, maybe splashes the camera and it splashes all over the puppets and all that stuff. And also when you're filming, you know, the resets take so long you know, like some of the shots, like the, like the big thunderstorm practical effect, it takes four hours to set up and you get one, two and a half second take for four hour setup. So the stakes feel so high to get it right. And that's part of, again, that's like part of the joy and kind of leaning into that and saying, Hey, we get to do this. We're like incredibly lucky that our big challenge is how to get these practical effects. You know, that that's like the, that's the big hardship I'm facing that day, you know, and in the scheme of things, that's nothing. So it becomes part of joy and, and, and a way to, to give the audience hopefully something new and more rewarding. And I know that, you know, a lot of the questions that I'm coming from is, is almost kind of, asking you like why would you do this and i'm sure that's that's the narrative for a lot of people asking you these questions but what i i think that you know i'm getting for what you're saying and what i felt like in watching the film was less about that and more of this idea that that must have been an incredible experience and just like creatively lighting a fire under everybody just to make it happen and to find those ways to do it. And also probably to the process itself, as much as it might've been maddening at times, uh, it really galvanizes everyone and uh, in working towards that final goal. So, I mean, at least that's the impression that I get from it is that, you know, once it was probably all done and cut, that must've been a monumental moment for all of you to be able to sit down and watch it together. One of the best experiences was watching it with the crew for the first time because you know, we would get maybe on a good day, 10 to 11 shots. And this is like two and a half, one and a half to two second shots. And there's many days where we only got one shot because it's just so complicated. And it was stretched out over such a long period of time done. And you're doing all these shots, not in order, but in this, it's completely scattered. And so a lot of the crew was like, really had no idea what what the film was or what it would look like you know what what was this thing that we had been working on for so long and so to have it all put together with the miniatures and all those kinds of things and to see that oh wow it's it's actually a movie was just was absolutely thrilling it was so fun and to be there kind of every for every shot and every day and to know that everything is absolutely fake you know it's all fake Yet you still, at least I, want so desperately for it to be real. I still kind of forget that and get lost in the world, which was, of course, the goal. So, yeah, it's incredibly rewarding. Absolutely. We're talking to director Jesse Blanchard about the film Frank and Zed. You can stream it as part of Cuff at the CalgaryUndergroundFilm.org. It's going to be taking place April 23rd to May 2nd. You know, we focused so much in this conversation on the puppets themselves, but the other aspect that I really appreciated about this film was the fact that there is a world built around them. You know, you you see other films that maybe um, come close to what you were doing, or at least come from the same uh, thought process. Let's say Dark Crystal or something, where not only are they using sets, but they're also, you know, filming maybe exteriors at different times. Whereas this is like 100% 
from the ground up, created by yourselves, uh, probably on a set. So talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, those miniatures and the world building of a film like Frank and Zed. Well, one of my goals was, was that it looked like a world, that you don't see sets, that you don't feel like, okay, I'm looking at the same angle, the same place, that the camera is constantly moving, that we're really changing things up. And one of the things I did very purposefully was to write the script and to write the story and as if it, it was real and completely forgetting that we were going to do things with puppets. So for instance, you know, there's a big forest in the film and it's like, man, how are you going to make a huge forest in a studio? That was a huge challenge. We tried making trees and that didn't all these different things, but that was one of the joys was always saying like, okay, I want to use every trick in the filmic book. Um, so I also went back and I read a bunch of really old school special effects books about using force perspective and things like that, where we would make little miniatures and put them very close to the camera to make it look like huge columns and trees and all these, you know, so all these different techniques. But that was in some ways, you know, a lot of the big, there's big epic films that are 60, 70, or not even necessarily that much older, like even in the eighties that feel like these big epic films. So I said, okay, well, let's just go back and use what we can from those tools, to try and make this world as, as rich as possible. And again, it's like always doing everything for the audience. How can we, how can we get them into the world? And to do that, we have to, to see all this stuff. You know, the film actually does, in my opinion, the bare minimum, like the minimum needed to actually have the world. I, I honestly think of myself as a very lazy filmmaker. How can I do the absolute minimum? And for me, minimum is just, you know, quite a bit. There's many days where you're like, oh God, we got to build a forest you know, how are we going to do that? Are we going to build this whole village? How are we going to do that? I don't know. But once you get started, it becomes so much fun. I would say this is anything but a lazy looking film. <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, it is an experience. And uh, that is probably uh, minimizing what it feels like to watch the film. It is Frank and Zed. We've been on Zoom with Jesse Blanchard, the director of the film. If people want to know a little bit more about the film, I highly suggest that you go out there and take a look at the trailer. Us talking about it gives you a taste, uh, but it's just a taste. You got to see what this is all about. How can people get connected with uh, Puppet Corps or specifically with Frank and Zed? Yeah, so we're on social media, especially on Facebook, we're having a lot of fun um, kind of pushing out stuff. We're doing some behind the scenes and figuring out different ways to roll out a film since it's still only accessible on the festival circuit. We are starting up another film soon. If people are into Frank and Zed or, or want to discover it, then also coming to the Puppet Corps website, we've got a mailing list where we're just going to send out kind of little tidbits. You know, this film was made with a lot of support from Kickstarter. And that's been really exciting because um, it's a way for us to really kind of fill up our own tanks with kind of creative inspiration and energy and excitement when it, you know, runs low as it does time to time by connecting with people and, and people who have supported us on Kickstarter. So those are all kind of great ways, you know, the traditional social media routes, Instagram, et cetera, and uh, Facebook. Yeah. And is that something that uh, people can also look for as a Kickstarter on this next project that you're working on? I think so. Yeah. I think I want to do it uh, even in more phases. I have found that it's so rewarding to be able to have a bit of a dialogue and get feedback. Um, in fact, the prequels that I wrote for Frank and Zed, I did a bit of 
kind of idea mining from from Facebook where I do a post like, hey, I want to write about Frank and these and these five different characters who became him. What are some ideas? And, you know, the world is full of fascinating people with fascinating experiences and all of these really cool things kind of bubbled up. So I love the idea of tapping into the shared experience um, of the community and using that to enrich the worlds even further. So definitely, I think going forward, that's something that I hope to do on all my projects. All right, check them out. Uh, the film itself is called Frank and Zed, and uh, the company that produced it, that Jesse is part of, is called Puppet Core. You can see Frank and Zed as part of the Calgary Underground Film Festival, which will be streaming April 23rd to May 2nd to any resident of Alberta. So all you're going to do is hit the Cuff website at calgaryundergroundfilm.org to see Frank and Zed and so many other fantastic options uh, between that. Jesse, thank you so much uh, for your time today, but also for this fantastic piece of filmmaking. I'm very excited uh, to see what the next thing that Puppet Corps has to come up with. I just, I'm hoping I don't have to wait six years. Me too, me too. It's going to be fast. (laughs) Way more than me, probably, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much, Christian.